absolute power corrupts absolutely. everyone and welcome once again it's that time 10 a.m eastern standard time and it's the master plan i am jt aka the master the number to call in is 347-637-3220-347-637-3220 the place to be if you want to talk to the master and that is me all right people it's been a long wait it's been a long wait since Super Bowl 49. We've gone through off-season programs. We've gone through uh, 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 the, the draft. We've gone through preseason, drama gate, whatever you want to call it. We've gone through that. Uh, players getting suspended. Uh, players getting um, a reprieve. We've gone through our drafts, talked about them drafts. We've hit the first game, which is on Thursday, hopefully – People who uh, uh, played the uh, um, main characters in that game uh, benefited quite naturally. And now we are at the full, the first Sunday, I should say, of the NFL season and the first Sunday in fantasy football. I'm sitting here with my Houston Texans jersey on. Can't wait to paraphrase Bart Scott, when the, when the 1 o'clock games start, we're going to go down each and every game, sit back, get your favorite beverage, excuse me, beverage or whatever you want to do, um, eat breakfast, whatever. Tune in because we're going to be sitting here for the next hour and a half, breaking down each and every game that I can possibly uh, um, think about, uh, talking about players. Uh, and uh, some players, uh, hopefully, that a lot of people may not, not nah, shouldn't say a lot of people, some people may not have on your rosters, that there may be uh, some sleepers sitting out there that should be or very in the very near future going to be uh, relevant in, in fantasy football. So hopefully you, you, you take some notes. I'm not perfect. I can't hit them uh, 100%. But uh, I do have a pretty good percentage, uh, I, if I do, do say so myself. And hopefully we can uh, help you win week to week. Because we're going to be here every week of the fantasy season with the same scenario. Breaking down each game, each fantasy players in, in on, each, on each team. Uh, and uh, uh, sleepers. Uh, sleepers and guys you may want to pick up off the waiver wire because circumstances and quite naturally injuries do happen in the NFL. Uh, this is not a, uh, um, game for the lighthearted and, 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 uh, um, or soft hearted, I should say, uh, because, uh, the collision sport and with collisions, you have injuries. So, um, hopefully you, um, will benefit from 
some of the things I'm saying. And, you know, I'm just one guy um, just sitting out here trying to do, uh, talk about the thing I love, one of the things I love, which is the fantasy football. Uh, we also have a chat room sitting out there. If you want to jump in that chat room, ask a question, make a statement or a comment in that chat room, you can also do that. I have one guest sitting there right now. Hopefully I get a little bit more um, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a, a 17 week season. Some fantasy leagues go all 17 weeks. Most go 16 weeks. We're going to be here all 17 weeks, people. So hopefully we can help you get to that fantasy championship um, trophy or that moolah, that money we're talking about, or just pride, depending on what you're, um, ultimate prizes in your fantasy league. We're trying to get you to that. Okay. Um, I want to shout out to all the leagues I'm in. Every last one of the leagues I'm in, I'm in um, uh, six of them. I kind of pared it down because I want to concentrate on getting um, uh, more bang for my bucks, so to speak. Uh, I won two championships last year. I want to increase that. Uh my two championships to maybe more um, stiff competition out there. Everybody um, gets a little bit smarter each year uh, in fantasy football uh, learns from the mistakes, I hope, and, and, and uh, um, puts forth a, a great strategy for the next upcoming season. So for those champions, um, you probably have your work cut out for you, including myself, because I know uh, in um, my tale of fantasy league, they're coming at me. Um, we are a highly competitive family, so I know that's happening. So shout out to all my Taylor fantasy league members. Shout out to uh, the Brian Taylor fantasy football invitational league. That's my nephew's league. I shout out to him. Shout out to the parlay palace. Uh, my man, Mike, who's a co-host on the FSP crew show on Thursday runs that league. Shout out to the Parlay Palace League. Shout out to uh, Wolverines in the house. Vic Gardner, who is my co who is my host um, on um, Saturday, which is the FSP show. And, and I co-host that show. Shout out to all the members of that, that uh, league. Shout out to uh, Guys with Big Shoes. Um, it's a, a league that Vic got me into with guys that he knows. And uh, I've won that league. Didn't win it last year. Won it the year before the um, track last year. Hoping to come back and, and do some little bit of damage this year. So I'm shouting out to the guys with big shoes. And also, I'm going to shout out to the um, to the uh, Yahoo, the one Yahoo league I'm in. And, and that happens to be the, um, uh, oh, my God, Neighborhood. It happens to be the Neighborhood Street Bowl 2 League. That's my only Yahoo League. Shout out to all the members in there, and, and I'm coming for you. All these leagues I'm in, I'm in seven leagues, and all these leagues I'm coming for you. Some of them I want to repeat. Some of them I want to take back my trophy that I, that I lost, and some of them I, I haven't won, so I want to win it for the first time. So Texas, so guys with big shoes, Wolverines in the house, Taylor Fantasy Football League, uh, Brian Taylor Fantasy Fa uh, uh, Football Invitational, uh, the Parlay Palace League, and Neighborhood Street Ball 2. I'm coming for you. Whether I won it last year or not, I want to repeat or I want to win it for the first time. 
Anyway, let's get it started. We, like I said, we're here for an hour and a half. We got the uh, um, games today, two games on Monday night, which is a doubleheader. We'll be getting to that. But the first game on the docket, the first game on the docket. And we'll also be going to be talking about the weather, which can play a, 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 um, a, a, a factor even though it's not going to play a fact factor uh, today uh, because it's September. And for the most part, all these, all these games are going to be uh, played with the exception ones in the dome um, outdoors quite naturally and um, with clear skies with no inclement weather, which is a good thing. Um, really doesn't should make a difference in, in football, but it can. All right, let's go to the first game on the docket. And like I said, I'll be I'll be uh, uh, when the uh, game day inactives are um, pushed out. I'll be putting that out there also. Let's go to the first game on the docket, and that is the one o'clock game, which is in um, Soldier Field, a storied rivalry between two NFC North teams. The Green Bay Packers are visiting the um, Chicago Bears, and uh, we have Jay Cutler versus Aaron Rodgers, and boy, oh, boy. Green Bay Packers are without Jordy Nelson quite naturally towards the ACL a, uh, um, in the preseason, unfortunately. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have to, and, and I'm saying this, sarcastically, he's going to have to make do with Randall Cobb, um, Ty Montgomery, uh, uh, Devontae Adams, James Jones, and uh, uh, Richard Rodgers and company. And last but not least, Eddie Lacy. So let's think about this for a minute. On the Green Bay side, Aaron Rodgers was the number two fantasy quarterback in 2014 with uh, 4,381 passing yards and 38 touchdowns. Believe it or not, Aaron Rodgers is going into his 12th season, and he had 34 passing touchdowns uh, when he plays all 16 games. That's what he's averaged. Last year, Aaron Rodgers uh, threw for 302 yards, and four scores in Chicago. And when they're in Lambeau Field, he threw for 315 yards and six touchdowns. So what do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do? Quite naturally, this is a no-brainer, people. I mean, I expect Aaron Rodgers to throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. And one of those touchdowns is going to Devontae Adams because he likes to spread the ball around. One of those touchdowns goes to uh, 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 in my opinion, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is playing. For those who don't know, Randall Cobb is is, is uh, playing with a uh, um, sprained shoulder. Uh, he's going to be wearing a brace. Uh, he's not going to be 100%, but if he's out there, you got to play him because if you sit him on the bench and he goes off, how many times have you seen it? When a player is injured, they call limited, and uh, uh, he suits up, and the uh, 
fainted heart in fantasy decide to sit them because they don't want a, a, what's, what's dreaded in fantasy football, a um, dreaded zero. So they don't want that to happen. So they sit them and he goes off over a hundred yards, five or six catches, at least uh, maybe a touchdown or two. And all that, those points are sitting on your bench and you have the attitude of, I could have, I should have, and I would have, but it's too late. So one of the things I always say, you play your studs regardless. You play your studs. Limited, if he's out there, he's got a shot to do what the studs do, whether it's a wide receiver, quarterback, a tight end, or a, a running back. you got to put your studs out there and let him play. Unless it's a uh, an injury that is no way that he's going to be able to perform, especially going against the Chicago Bears, who the Packers own. The Packers own, especially with the defense that they have. Think about this. John Fox comes over with a new defense. New defense, okay? New offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, um, first game out of the shoot, and they play the Green Bay Packers. Look, you saw what happened to the Green Bay uh, – excuse me, you saw what happened to the um, Pittsburgh Steelers where they were a little um, um, unorganized and were missing assignments in the defensive side of the ball. I expect the same thing to happen to Chicago. The only bet, only caveat is Chicago's playing at home, Pittsburgh was playing on the road. But because of how bad the – Chicago defense was last year. You think they're going to be that much better? You're going to think they make a huge leap and be that much better against the Green Bay Packers first game out of, out, of, out of the shoot running a new defense? I don't think so. So Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, who I think is going to get about uh, four or five catches at least and close to 100 yards with a uh, touchdown, at least one touchdown. Um, I, I like Devontae Adams. I think he's going to get the, the same amount because, like I said, Aaron Rodgers likes to spread it around. Uh, about four or five catches, about maybe a little bit more, uh, maybe about the same. Uh, I think because of the way the uh, uh, Chicago Bears uh, defense is, I don't think that they're going to be able to hang with the um, um, Green Bay Packers. And uh, – uh, I, I like them uh, quite a bit in this offense. So, Demonte Adams, you, you definitely, I, he take he's on the side with Jody Nelson is. I would think he he'll, he'll be uh, uh, um, taking advantage of of that situation. So, Randall Cobb, he may be limited, but um, I got to believe that he's the well, he's the number one receiver, and I got to believe that. And then you got uh, Ty Montgomery, a rookie. They don't want. They want. Don't want. They're they're going to want to get him involved in the offense because uh, they they think pretty highly of him. He beaten out. He beat out uh, uh, um, Jeff Janis for that number th- three position. Now you got to put into to uh, uh, a note here, and I don't know if it's going to take place this game. Um, I, but uh, in games going forward, I would think James Jones will be involved because now he's come home. He knows his offense. He knows Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers knows him. 
So if you haven't grabbed James Jones and you need, it, it, you're searching for a wide receiver that you can put on the bench, and I would think going forward you would look at this as uh, uh, be interesting on, on the practice of the Green Bay Packers because uh, if James Jones gets into the lineup on a regular basis, he's going to, to he's going to produce. 14 touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, the last time he was with the um, Green Bay Packers. He scored 14 touchdowns before he moved on. So just think about that. And my sleeper on the Green Bay Packers, which a lot of people have, um, I won't say not, not thought about, but he's a good red, red zone target. He's not a Jermichael Finley. Um, he's not a Jimmy Graham. He's not a, quite naturally, Ron Gronkowski, but he's reliable in the end zone. I think Richard Rodgers, if you're looking for a tight end, maybe you've had Darius Green, who's just coming off of um, concussion protocol and may play this play this week. Um, but I can't trust him. Um, uh, go to Richard Rodgers. He's probably sitting out there on the waiver wire. There's probably a lot of people that haven't even thought about Richard Rodgers. I'm thinking about him, and I, I have him on, on at least one of my um, starting rosters um, because I waited late on a tight end because I figured that Richard Rodgers would be there, and he was. So put Richard Rodgers. Grab him. If you're looking for a tight end, why not? What do you have to lose? I mean, you, I understand you got to lose the, 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 the match, but – you may catch golden, golden, golden in a bottle, or lightning in a bottle, I should say. Worth a shot. Worth a shot. All right, let's move on to um, Chicago Bears. Jay Cutler. You want to play Jay Cutler? Go right ahead. I'm not I'm not a Jay Cutler fan, and I'm not too uh, I'm not uh, too up on Jay Cutler. Let me put it this way: There's two guys that I would play in here. Three guys, really. Three guys: Matt Forte, who I think can run on the Green Bay defense, uh, even though Green Bay is a pretty uh, good defense. Uh, especially getting turnovers, especially against Jay Cutler. Um, I did play Matt Forte. I think he, he'll get 100 yards. Uh, he's not going to be the PPR machine he was last year. Mark Tress has moved on to um, Baltimore. So uh, I would say that uh, don't expect a lot of pass catching from Matt Forte. Uh, 100 yards, that's what I give him. Uh, I don't think he may, he's going to get into the end zone. I think if they get into the end zone, it's through the air. And I don't think uh, Alshon Jeffries, who's battling injury, is going to be doing that much. And he's going to be the main target to stop, uh, one of the main targets to stop in the um, Chicago offense. Um, I'm looking toward um, Martellus Bennett, who I it's September, and Martellus Bennett plays his best ball in September. So, I, I can believe against the Green Bay Packer team, um, who's not that strong against the uh, tight end, that uh, um, Martellus Bennett will uh, um, get 
uh, six or seven yards, excuse me, six or seven catches, about 70 to 80 yards, and get into the end zone along with um, another afterthought. Uh, he may not be an afterthought after this week. Um, the uh, Eddie Royal came over from the San Diego Chargers to the uh, um, Chicago Bears. I see Eddie Royal getting to the – the only way I think the uh, Chicago Bears get into the end zone, like I said, is through the year. I think Eddie Royal and Tellus Bennett are the two that get into the end zone in the year and, and, and like those. And, and uh, All right? And the weather here is, is clear, and it's going to be about uh, in the high 60s. So it's, I would say it's, it's great football weather, especially great fan weather to watch the game. All right, let's move on to the next game. And this is an important game. And it, if you could say an important game early in the season, the first game of the season, I think this is an important game. I really, really do. And it's not because it involves my Houston Texans, but – it is because it involves my Houston Texans because it's against the Kansas City Chiefs who have a form, formidable de- defense right along with the Houston Texans and um, question marks uh, on the quarterback and how effective the offense is going to be. And that that's uh, uh, more on the Houston Texans, um, less on the Kansas City Chiefs because the Houston Texans are without uh, Arian Foster, who's uh, coming back from a uh, groin injury uh, and groin surgery, I should say, and, and uh, um, that the uh, the redeeming factor here is played in Houston, uh, and uh, Brian Hoyer is the starting quarterback who previously was with the Cleveland Browns with a uh, less than uh, stellar percentage completion percentage. Uh, when he was with the Cleveland Browns, um, he knows this system. Bill O'Brien and Brian Hoyer are very familiar with each other. But let's talk to the uh, visiting about the visiting team first, and Alex Smith, who is a dinker and dunker. Even though they have Jeremy Macklin, the Kansas City Chiefs have not scored a touchdown uh, ke- uh, reception from a wide receiver since I think it's October or November of 2013. That's what I'm saying, people. Check the the, uh, statistics. What I'm saying is not a mistake. Alex Smith has not thrown a touchdown pass to a Kansas City wide receiver since about October or November of 2013. That's over. Uh, that's over a NFL season, and then so. So we're talking about at least twenty games. About twenty games at least. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. Can you believe that? I, I, that is unfathomable to me. That a pro team can have a NFL quarterback not throw a touchdown pass to a wide receiver since the uh, 2013 season, October, November, somewhere in that time frame. I don't think you have the exact date, but it really doesn't make a difference. You got my point. You got, you got my point. And I don't think he does it here either. Now they're going to try to get the ball to Jeremy Macklin. And 
They're going to be looking to break that streak. That's one of the reasons why Andy Reid made sure he got a guy that can stretch the field and catch it reliably in Jeremy Macklin. So I think Jeremy Macklin gets a uh, close to 100 yards. Um, one of the weaknesses of the Houston Texans is their secondary. Um, they have a hell of a pass rush. They have very good linebackers. But um, the question mark is how effective the secondary of the Houston Texans can be. They play a lot better at home. And if the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be running Jamal Charles quite a bit, who I think gets uh, uh, about 80 yards and gets into the end zone. Um, but Jeremy Macklin is, it, is a focal point to get him involved in the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs to try to um, balance out that offense and give Jamal Charles more running room and quite naturally, when it's past time, give Jeremy Macklin and company um, more options for Alex Smith to throw to. Now, they're looking for big things in, in Travis Kelsey. This is a very good Texan defense, top five defense last year. So this is going to be a very interesting game. I'm saying the reason why I'm saying that is these two teams are almost almost identical, almost identical. Uh, they have limitations. I think, like I said, the Texans have lim more limitations on offense than the uh, Chiefs, but they have strong defense, and that's what they rely on the most. Um, so Travis Kelsey, I don't think he gets into the end zone. I think they try to get him involved, but I think he only catches about four or five balls, maybe 50 yards, something like that, maybe 60. You may get double digits out of him, but I kind of doubt it. Sleeper, um, let's look on the other side in this matchup. Uh, we got Brian Hoyer, almost the uh, same type of quarterback as in Alex Smith. Um, I figured they're going to probably mirror their their, their statistics, um, so I'm not going to go too far into that. Alfred Blue going up against a very stout defense in um, the the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think he'll he'll be very limited. Um, I think the uh, the uh, crux of of these guys. Um, scoring, meaning in Texas, it's going to be through the air, meaning DeAndre Hopkins, who's now the number one wide receiver, is going to be uh, targeted quite a bit. Quite naturally, that's going to be a target for the uh, um, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, uh, But I think he, he, he targets, you got opportunities, and I think uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins gets about uh, five or six catches, about 80 yards uh give or take somewhere in that, in that range. I don't think he gets into the end zone. I think the guy who does get into the end zone, who is the number two wide receiver right now, um, journeyman. Uh, and now he's with the, um, Houston Texans is, um, Cecil shorts. Now uh, that, he's not on a lot of people's radar. Uh, and, and I, and I deservedly so. But I think uh, uh, he does get into the end zone, and, and I think this is relatively low-scoring game. And uh, with not too much fantasy goodness, maybe a, uh, the, the field goal kickers may be the ones that uh, benefit most, get more opportunities. With two stout defenses, you would think that uh, the offenses would get um, stymied. 
and, and uh, the field goal kickers could come into play here and to, to decide who wins this matchup. All right, let's move on to the next game. And, and the weather there in, in Houston. Now, they do have a retractable dome, and they probably will have it open. Uh, it's going to be uh, uh, in the low 80s, talking about Texas in this time of year. And uh, um, I don't think quite naturally that's going to affect either team. So we move on to the uh, Jets, who are hosting the Cleveland Browns. And, uh, yeah, I know. I know it's the Jets and the Browns, but it, to a lot of people, it's fantasy relevant. That's what we're talking about here, fantasy. So um, let's talk about Cleveland first with uh, uh, a career backup, in my opinion, and, and a guy, one of, the, one, of the, one of the quarterbacks that uh, is a backup quarterback, um, and I keep saying that even though the last two stops he's had – in Tampa Bay, and now in Cleveland, Josh McGowan is the starting quarterback. With that Jet defense, I don't think he'd be effective. If he throws for 200 yards, I'd be extremely surprised, extremely surprised, and even more surprised if he throws for a touchdown, which I don't think is going to happen. I think the only way they're going to be able to move the ball, defensive-minded coach and and Mike Patine, and and limited on offense is the uh, running game. And since Isaiah Crowell – is basically the, their only running back. I mean, Duke, um, um, Duke Johnson is Duke uh, Johnson is supposed to be. Uh, um, um, I think he's he's been cleared and he, and he practiced, if I'm not mistaken. I think he'd be eligible to play, but I can't think uh, if he's uh, going to be relevant in, in this game. Now, this is what I have to tell you. Okay, Terrence West is gone. Duke Johnson is there, and um, if Duke Johnson is sitting on your waiver wire, run, don't walk, and pick him up. Because if Duke Johnson wasn't what the Cleveland Browns wanted – they wouldn't have got rid of Terrence West. So they must have saw something in Duke Johnson um, that they liked, that they traded him away to the Titans. So Isaiah Corwell, Duke Johnson, run, don't walk. I'm telling you right now, run, don't walk, Duke Johnson. Um, there's really, unfortunately, there's really no one that I like other than Isaiah Crowell um, in here. Um, in PPR, Andrew Hawkins was a pretty reliable PPR machine last year. Taylor Gabriel, remember that name, uh, depending on how much he gets on the field. You got Brian Hartline there too. But we're talking about a Jet defense with Darrell Rivas and um, um, uh, Antonio Cromartie. And that jet rush, and that jet defense. Now, quite naturally, the Jets' pass defense was uh, absolutely horrible last year. That's why Darrell Reeves is back with the Jets um, to stop all that uh, um, what was happening to the Jets in their pass defense. Um, let's go over to the 
Jets side. Now we got two backup quarterbacks, two backup quarterbacks that I've talked about that I do not like, and they're facing each other. Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Jets, Josh McCowan on the um, Cleveland Browns. Because of the Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, and, and uh, um, I think the Jets get into the end zone, but I don't think they get into the end zone through the air. I think they get into the end zone running the football, okay? Um, the, the, the passes are probably going to be spread out. We're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick here, so I'm not expecting anything spectacular here. Um, but I think Chris Ivory on his past uh, rush defense of the Cleveland Browns uh, can uh, be very effective. Um, very effective. Uh, the one one positive thing on the Jets that that I do like is the uh, running game in Chris Ivy, and and the fact is that they're dedicated to running the football with a defensive minded coach in Terry Bowles. So, with that being said, let's move on. And the weather is going to be. I'm in over in the East Coast. I'm about uh, 45 minutes away from um, MetLife Stadium, and the weather is about. 75, and uh, um, going to be a great day for fans watching football. The warmer it is, the harder it is on the players, but it's better for the fans because they can sit out there and, and, and relax and have a good time and not worry about inclement weather or the weather getting um, uh, too cold. Let's move on to a very interesting, extremely interesting AFC East matchup that pits the, um, um, some say the Super Bowl um, representation from the AFC Indianapolis Colts against the upstarts with Rex Ryan um, as the head coach Buffalo Bills, which is a very good matchup against a very good offense against extremely good defense. And Rex Ryan even said it earlier this week. We're going up against the number one fantasy football quarterback. That was an NFL coach acknowledging fantasy football and where Andrew Luck status was as a quarterback pertaining to fantasy football. So with that being said, This is a, not a good matchup for Andrew Luck. Pass rush is going to be pass rush is going to be off the chain. But like I said, he was the number one fantasy uh, football quarterback last year with um, over forty seven hundred yards and led the league in forty touchdown passes. So, and in some some rankings, he's number one in fantasy football above Aaron Rodgers. So what I'm saying is this, and I always say it, you play your studs. Borderline players against a tough defenses, a tough matchups, it's a different story. But you, you're, if it's a stud in that position, such as Andrew Luck, you play your studs. Now, that's why they're studs, because they can rise above bad matchups. I'm telling you this is a bad matchup. But I think Andrew Luck, because of um, his skill set, can throw for about 280 yards, throw a couple touchdown passes, one to T.Y. Hilton, the other one to uh, um, 
Andre Johnson, who's playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with in this offense, which is a passing offense. I think those, he tries to get those guys heavily involved quite naturally. Buffalo knows this. Rex Ryan knows this. Um, I don't think this is a good matchup for Frank Gore, even though if you have Frank Gore as one of your running backs and you have very little choices, well, the choice is made. You've got to use Frank Gore. I think he can get 60 to 70 yards uh, in the um, run game. I think he can get double digits, but barely double digits. And if it's PPR, catch a couple passes, two or three passes for 20 yards or so. And if he gets about 60 to 70 yards and catch three passes for about 20 or 30 yards, that gives you barely double digits. But I don't think Frank Gore goes off against a stout Buffalo um, defense in Buffalo, home opener, high expectations with a new coach. Um, very tough environment for the Indianapolis Colts to, 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 to jump into. But I think that the wide receivers are going to benefit more than they are with the um, uh, running back, uh, Cody Allen, excuse me, Cody Allen, Dwayne Allen. Um, I'm thinking that he gets, uh, he gets three to four catches, 40 to 50 yards, somewhere around there. Um, he'd be more effective than Kobe Fleener. Kobe Fleener had an extremely hard time against real good defenses, especially linebackers and safeties that, that are um, um, physical and are athletic. And, uh, uh, and Adam, the, the Adam Van Terry, because this is a stout Buffalo Bill defense, I think uh, when they get stopped, he's going to have enough leg to be able to get – get the ball to the uprights and, and um, rack up some points. Um, kickers are people too, people. Uh, they, they rack up and help points. Now, um, on the other side of the ball with the Buffalo Bills. Surprise, surprise, surprise. This is what I like here, people. Um, and this is, this is one of my calls this week. Um, they have a starting quarterback a new starting quarterback. Everybody thought it was either going to be E.J. Manuel or Matt Castle. Guess what? It's terrible Tyrod Taylor. Or I should say trouble Tyrod Taylor. Because I think with this defense of the um, Indianapolis Colts, Colts, I'm sorry, um, I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be able to run the ball, and he has an arm. And I think he'll be able to get that to his uh, um, one of his favorite targets, which is Charles Clay, who I think gets into the end zone. And I think he spreads the ball around to Sammy Watkins, who I think gets double digits. But my sleeper for, th- for, for this matchup is Tyrod Taylor. Um, I like the name quite naturally. He matches mine. I, I, I put him in my lineup in one of my leagues as my starting quarterback over Joe Flacco. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. Great day in um, in um, for football in in uh, uh, Buffalo. Temperature is going to be around 54 degrees, which is a great playing weather, great football weather to watch a game, and actually for the players to be in the game. 54 degrees, uh, um, and it's going to be overcast. Uh, and I like Tyrod Taylor a lot. I'm not a big Percy Harvin fan. I think he's not a 
um, relevant in the passing game, maybe in special teams, but not in the passing game. But I think Tyrod Taylor gets uh, Sammy Watkins double digits by four or five catches, 60 to 70 yards. Um, but I think uh, Charles Clay, um, best friend to a young quarterback, is their tight end right in the middle, very short, um, uh, reliable passing. I think uh, Tyrod Taylor uh, takes advantage of Charles Clay and gets him into the end zone also. All right. Let's move on to the next game and the next 1 o'clock game, which would be the Miami Dolphins going to visit the nation's capital against the Washington football team. Let's talk about this for a minute. Robert Griffin III is not the second the backup quarterback. He's listed as the third quarterback in the, in the um, depth chart, the third quarterback. Heisman Trophy winner, uh, rookie of the year, and now he's the third quarterback. Kirk Cousins is, is starting this game against a in Dominic Sue-led um, defense in the Miami Dolphins. And that pass rush and uh, stellar defense that the uh, Dolphins play, Ryan Tannehill threw for over 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns um, last year. And he only had 12 interceptions last year. Seems like he's coming into his own. He's got, uh, and I think in, in this one he throws for, uh, over 250 yards and throws for a couple touchdowns. Uh, I think Lamar Miller goes for a touchdown and about 60 to 70 yards. Kept, catches a couple balls out, but he's going to catch a couple balls. Um, I think Jarvis Landry, who was a PPR darling last year, just just continues what he was doing last year. Um, I think he gets into the end zone. I absolutely love Jarvis Landry this year, people. Hopefully you picked him up on quite a few of your leagues because I think he's going to be, especially in PPR, a absolute beast for the Miami Dolphins. Eight catches, uh, 70, 80 yards. I think they get him into the end zone. Uh, um, anyone else on this? Uh, Devontae Parker, the rookie, the wide receiver, uh, he's battling injuries. I think he's going to be um, uh, uh, maybe later in the year um, effective, but I think it's going to take a little time for the rookie to to um, to uh, um, adapt to the uh, pro 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 game. Jordan Cameron, they got this guy from the uh, Cleveland Browns. He just signed with the. Um, uh, Miami Dolphins, they let Charles Clay go, so they must have thought a lot of Jordan Cameron. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he can be a beast. I see that uh, Ryan Tannehill um, likes throwing to his tight end, and I can see that Jordan Cameron guy getting into the end zone uh, with about five catches, about 50 yards, and, and uh, um it's going to be a, uh, a fine day for the Miami Dolphins uh, fantasy-wise and, and their believers. On the other side, Kirk Cousins, he has a negative uh, winning record and is starting this game against a very stout uh, Miami defense, and which I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. I think the only way they're going to be able to pass, I mean, move the ball is pass, I'm sorry, 
And I think he throws for about because the the volume of passes that he has to throw, he throws for about a, uh, um, about two fifty, and throw for a couple touchdowns. The throw touchdowns will go to Pierre Garçon, and also to Deshaun Jackson, who, when Kirk Cousins was in the lineup, happened to be the favorite target of uh, um, Kirk Cousins, which was Deshaun Jackson. Um, four catches, four or five catches. Um, in the mid, mid, uh, uh, we'll say sixty to seventy yards, somewhere around there, in a touchdown, and I think the same for Pierre Garçon, uh, Jordan Reed. Um, we're talking about a real tough uh, Miami defense that can that can uh, um, play well against the uh, tight end position. So I think he uh, comes up short of uh, double digits, uh, four or five catches. Uh, 30, 40 yards, somewhere around that. That, uh, But uh, Jordan Reed is a guy who needs to stay healthy to be effective because he's a very athletic tight end, but he needs to be uh, healthy in order quite naturally to be effective. And uh, 71 degrees, which is a great uh, fan watching um, weather and uh, a great time, excuse me, great weather to watch the football. All right. Let's move on to the uh, another one o'clock game, um, which is I don't know. This is this game is going to be very interesting. I think uh, um, the, the division winning Carolina Panthers, who were seven eight and one last year, and were three four and one on the road last year. Um, go up against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. And I've always said, if you listen listen to me, I've always said that the Jacksonville Jaguars play better at home than they do on the road. And I really believe this now. Gus Bradley is a defensive-minded coach. So so one of the strong suits. Um, And I think – I can't say that this year. I think – both sides of the ball for the Jacksonville Jaguars had evened out, um, and, and and they're progressing together. Uh, it's the defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the young guns of the um, of the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Let's talk about the offense of the Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles, who's a second-year quarterback who um, threw for less than 3,000 yards last year, had 11 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. But supposedly, um, and all, the, all from what I'm hearing, he's made major strides, and I think he'll, he's going to take a big step. Now, with that big step, I'm not saying that you should – um, play Blake Borders. I don't think he's a quarterback to actually play. But his weapons, I like his weapons. T.J. Yeldon, the rookie, is going to be the starting running back, um, and I like him to get into the end zone. I think this Carolina defense, stout as it may be, can be run on. And I like um, the uh, um, T.J. Yeldon. Ex-Alabama boy, so he's used to stiff competition going up against the stiff Carolina defense. So I think he gets into the end zone about 50, 60 yards, somewhere around there, catches a few balls out of the backfield, give you a decent uh, mid 
double-digit numbers. Let me put it that way. I'm telling you, he's going to give you about 14, 15 fantasy points in uh, PPR. Quite naturally, you don't you don't count the receptions. That means he only counts the um, uh, yardage in receptions in standard league. But in PPR, he's going to give you about 14, 15 points, which is good. First year, first time, and especially about supposedly against a stout defense, I would start T.J. Yeldon. I would start T.J. Yeldon. Absolutely. Without a shadow of doubt, I wouldn't even blink twice about it. Now, you got two wide receivers on the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot is said about Allen Robinson, and deservedly so, who's going to be the main target of Blake Bortles. I think he gets into the end zone. I think he catches about five balls, around 50, 60 yards. Um, I think he gets into the end zone. But people, don't discount. You got to think this. This is not going to be. This is not going to be a, in my opinion, a real good Jacksonville Jaguar team. I think they're going to be playing from behind uh, 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 in the games. So they're going to have to throw the ball. You can't just throw it to Allen Robinson. You can, but it's not going to happen all the time. They have another one, got another guy here that uh, he showed out when Allen Robinson was hurt. And I'm thinking about Allen Hearns. And I'm thinking Allen Hearns gets about um, four or five catches around there. In a 40 or 50 yard range, somewhere around there. And uh, there's a strong possibility that he has a chance to get into the end zone. Because maybe all the attention is going to be on uh, Allen Robinson. And they forget about Allen Hearns. I think Allen Hearns has got a strong shot to get into the end zone. A strong shot. You're looking for a wide receiver. With some upside, Alan Hearns, if I'm not mistaken, he's number 88 in Jacksonville. I think he's that married. That could be wrong. But he's my sleeper on that side of in, in this matchup in uh, Jacksonville. Let's go to the other side where Cam Newton, and who is Cam going to throw to besides Greg Olson? It's a no-brainer. I'm not even going to talk about Greg Olson because Cam is going to target him um, because he's been, he was reliable last year. He, he's going to be reliable this year. Um, eight catches, excuse me, 84 catches last year for over a thousand yards and six touchdowns. That's what I'm talking about. Um, um, with Greg Olson. So what am I thinking that's going to happen this year? I think Greg Olson is going to be, um, Targeted a lot. Calvin Benjamin is dealing is, is dealing with rehab. He's out for the rest of the year with a um, ACL injury. Um, who do they have to throw to? Jericho Cotri, rookie uh, Devin Funchins, and um, journeyman Corey Brown. Not much to throw to, other than with, with Greg Olson. I don't think Cam Newton throws for over two hundred yards. I don't think he throw for over 200 – let me put it this way, 250 yards. 
He, he's going up against a surprisingly tough defense in the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially at home. This is this this team is a feisty team that Gus Bradley has motivated. Home opener, and I'm telling you, a lot of these teams with home openers um, that uh, um, have improved themselves or players that were that were injured last year have come back and now they're healthy are looking to make a statement right out the gate. And who better to do it against a team that's vulnerable in the uh, offensive side of the ball and the, and the Carolina Panthers? Prime. Uh, uh, um, time for a upset. I don't pick games. I'm just picking players. But uh, uh, if I was a, a, a betting person, Carolina's favored by three and a half, I would take Jacksonville. I'm just saying. I would just take, just, just for the heck, I would take Jacksonville because the circumstances and, and um, around it. Now, Jonathan Stewart, let, let me tell you something, people. Cameron Artis Payne, is the backup to Jonathan Stewart. This is another guy I'm telling you to run, run, and keep running. Don't walk to the waiver wire and pick him up. Pick him up. Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart is not someone that you can rely on to to play 16 games, play 15 games, play 14 games. 10 games. He's one of these running backs that he's always nicked up and always misses games. So depending on what happens in the upcoming weeks, it could happen this week. I'm telling you, if you have roster space and you're looking for a running back with some upside, Cameron Artis Payne. He's the number two. Back up right behind uh, Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart's missed 20 games over the last three seasons. So you figure this, 16-game seasons, that's 48 games. Jonathan Stewart missed, what, 40% of them? 20 out of 48 games he's missed. Do you think he's not going to miss some time this, this year? Pick up If you have Jonathan Stewart, you bet, damn well put it, bet it should have picked up Cameron Artis Payne by now. Hopefully you did. But I like Greg Olson on this. I like uh, Jonathan Stewart and um, not much more. I'll tell you that right now. And like I said, my sleeper on the other side of the ball, uh, on the other side of the field would be uh, Alan Hearns. I really like Alan Hearns and he's an afterthought from a lot of people. Not Jaguar fans, but he's an afterthought of a lot of people who um um in fantasy. And he can be just as effective, uh, especially with all the attention possibly going to um uh, Alan Robinson. All right, let's move on to the next game, which would be uh the last of the four one o'clock games. When last but not definitely not least, this this game is gonna be uh, a very physical game. Um, and uh, not for the faint of heart. Not for the faint of heart. I guarantee you that. We're talking about, um, and the Jaguars, 80 degrees, uh, excuse me, to regress one quick minute, uh, 80 degrees, and uh, um, 
mostly cloudy, but it's going to be um, uh, clear weather in Jacksonville and, and to play the game against the Panthers. Let's move on to the uh, 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 very physical game that these division rivals always play against each other. Um, and um, I don't think it's going to be anything different. Um, St. Louis is hosting the um, runner-ups in, in Super Bowl Forty-Nine, the Seattle Seahawks. In St. Louis, in the dome, so don't even worry about the weather. It's, it's uh, not irrelevant. Let's talk about this game for a minute. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, <clears throat> the Seahawks are five and three on the road. Um, the St. Louis Rams have won two out of the last three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, and they uh, play the um, Seattle Seahawks extremely well. Uh, one thing that Jeff Fisher and this team does is give the uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, fits. And without Cam Chancellor um, as the um, backbone of that defense, what, what are we going to run? What what uh, are we going to see from that uh, Seattle defense? Um, is it going to be a team that uh, rally around, rallies around each other without the um, one of their mainstays in Camp Chancellor, or um, is it going to be a changing of the guard and this upstart St. Louis team that's got Nick Foles uh, and company? Uh, Todd Gurley won't be in it. He's not going to be playing for another four games. Trey Mason doesn't look like he's going to be playing, dealing with a hamstring. So guess what? Benny Cunningham, for those of you who are looking for a running back, run, run, run. If you haven't realized it already, you're looking for a running back, you have nowhere that you can think you can turn. Benny Cunningham, even if you don't use him in your uh, running back positions, put him in the flex if you have a flex. He's going to be getting the ball for the most part. He's going to be getting the ball because there's no Trey Mason. There's no Todd Gurley. I think the only other guy there, maybe Isaiah Pede, um, if I'm not mistaken. This, but there's no uh, Trey Mason because he's dealing with a hamstring and he won't be that effective against this um, um, this team. So, what I'm telling you is this. And let me get let me give you this in the PPR league. Benny Cunningham last year playing against the Seattle Seahawks had 19 points. Now this is this is from one of my leagues. He had 19 points in week 7 against Seattle at home. And on the road, the last game of the season, he had 14 points. So even though it's against the Seattle Seahawks defense, I'm telling you, if there is a way that you can get Benny Cunningham into your lineup, do so. Because I think he will be able to give you a nice surprise that most people won't be looking for because it's Seattle. Seattle can be run on. Seattle can be run on. They have been run on. So 
take a shot. If you've been looking for a running back, you don't have one that you really feel comfortable with, what do you have to lose? If you think you, 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 the running back that you have now is not going to be all that, what do you have to lose? Put Benny Cunningham, take a shot. It can't be any worse than what you have. That's, that's exactly my thinking when I put Tyrod Taylor in, 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 in place of Joe Flacco. Same thinking. There's just different position. All right. Let's get back to what I'm talking about here. And uh, um, in the passing game. Now, in the passing game, it's a different story. We got Nick Foles, first game out of the shoot. Uh, I think the safest play here, believe it or not, safest play is Lance Kentrick. I'm not – you got – a, a, um, a secondary in the Seattle Seahawks that are ball hawks that are just looking for Nick Foles to make a mistake. Um, and you got Kenny Britt, Sedman Bailey, Brian Cook. I mean, excuse me, Brian Quick. I look for one of the tight ends possibly to have a, a decent, decent uh, game. Jared Cook or Lance Kentrick's one of those. Uh, believe it or not, Lance Kentrick's probably catches the ball better than Jared Cook. Um, but um, let's move on to the Seattle C- Seattle um, Seahawks. Russell Wilson had fits against this this uh, extremely difficult pass rush uh, of the um, St. Louis Rams. Uh, I, I see him throwing for over 200 yards, not much over that, throwing for a touchdown. And uh, I think he goes for his newest and new new toy <clears throat> that they got in Jimmy Graham. And I, I see that uh, Marshawn Lynch is going to be able to do his thing. So is any surprise here? Yeah, that's a surprise. Absolutely a surprise. The surprise I have here is um, a rookie. Tyler Lockett, an X-factor, an X-factor. If you have roster space, I'm not telling you to play him this week. But what I'm telling you is this. Pick him up and see what happens. Pick him up and see what happens. Because um, he may be electrifying, um, but inconsistent. But pick him up and see what happens. I think he's involved in the um, special teams. If you have wide receivers or whatever um, in special teams, I would pick him up. Um, Tyler, you should remember the name I'm telling you, Tyler, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. All right, let's move on to the first of uh, a few 4 o'clock games, and that would be the uh, St. Louis Rams visiting um, the uh, Arizona Cardinals. St. Louis had their starting quarterback back in um, um, Carson Palmer, who's coming back from an ACL. 
Um, C.J. Spiller is not going to be playing due to a knee injury and, and, and subsequent surgery on that knee. Uh, the Saints were 7-9 last year, 4-4 four and four on the road. The Cardinals were 11-5 and 7-1 at home. Um, quite naturally, the Saints aren't going to be playing with Jimmy Graham. He's moved on to quite naturally Seattle, which I just talked about. Um, but I see Drew Brees having to throw the ball, uh, even though that Sean Payton stressed that they wanted to become a more balanced team, uh, run the football more a la the, the, the year they won the Super Bowl when they ran the football a lot more than they did last year and the previous year. So I'm seeing them trying to run the football more, but against a stuff, uh, excuse me, a tough defense like the um, uh, um, Arizona Cardinals, I don't see that how that can happen. I think they're going to have to put the ball in the air, and um, a young 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 kid in, in um, Brandon Coleman, and uh, the resurgence of Marcus uh, Colson, along with the the deep threat and and the uh, um, Swiss knife and Brandon Cooks. Uh, Drew Brees is going to spread the ball around. Uh, and I think uh, Coleman and Colston can get into the end zone. I think uh, Patrick Peterson is going to be all over Brandon Cooks. He may rack up um, catches, but I don't think he gets into the end zone. Um, I think that's going to be reserved for the two wide receivers I named Brandon Coleman, who's about 6'5", 6'6", and quite naturally Marcus Colston. Colston, who's about the same height in six five. Um I like those two guys along with uh, um so uh Colston and, and, and uh, um Coleman uh are wide receiver three and possibly a flex play because I, I do believe that they're gonna get double digit uh points. Um I I think that's that's a no brainer to me. And I, I do believe uh um Brandon Cooks will get double digit um points, but uh the um don't rely on Brandon Cooks to do a lot with Patrick Peterson and company um, who uh, they're, they're going to target to, to try to stop. Let's move on to the Arizona Cardinal um, side of the ball. And I'm not talking about a tight end because I don't think the uh, tight end in, um, in, um, in, in, in the um, New Orleans Saints are going to be a um, – relevant in this game. And we do have a caller on the line. He's calling from the 860 area code. So let me bring him in and find out uh, what he has to say. Caller from the 860, welcome to the uh, Master Plan. I am JT, a.k.a. the Master. What's your question? Hey, how you, how you doing? Um, All right. I'm wondering who to start in, like, <clears throat> this is a PPR format. I need a okay. guy in a flex. In the flex. Okay. We who you got? Start, would you start Latavius Murray on the Raiders, or would you go with Javaris Landry on the Dolphins? Oh, without a doubt, man. Jarvis Landry. You kidding me? Oh, yeah. He's a PPR machine, man. Um, absolutely. Uh, he, he's going to be one of the main targets for uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um, I like Latavius Murray. I think he's going to have a hell of a year. But in a PPR format, and you have those two options, I would go with Jarvis Landry, um, especially playing against the Washington Redskins. That's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I called this other guy like 15 minutes ago, and he and both these guys were like, oh, Murray's going to get all the work, and Cincinnati sucks up with the run. I thought Cincinnati had a good defense. Cincinnati's got a decent defense. 
Um, yes, they do, but they're, they're, they're uh, vulnerable against the run. Um, but you're going against a Washington Redskins uh, uh, defense and, and uh, Jarvis Landry, who is a PPR machine last year, and I don't see anything different happening this year. Uh, there's no way if, if I had Jarvis Landry and, and Latavius Murray, I would play the running back versus the wide receiver. In my, in my opinion, Jarvis Landry is a no-brainer. No yeah. brainer. <laughs> okay, man. Thanks All right. A lot. Yep. No problem. Have a have a good week. Yep. You too. Good luck. Yep. Bye. First call. How about that? Okay. All right. Uh, I always like to uh, uh, give give advice out like that. I mean, to me, that's no brainer. I absolutely think Jarvis Landry is a, is going to be a beast this year, and going up against Washington and that pass defense and its secondary. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Um, if if I had a choice like that, in fact, do I? Yeah, in fact, I do have uh, uh, Jarvis Landry on one of my squads, and uh, um, he's he's definitely in there. And if I, like I said, if I had that choice of Jarvis Landry and and and, and uh, um, Latavius Murray, now I like dual threat court, uh, running backs, but there's no guarantee that um, Latavius Murray is going to get um, uh, um, he's going to get carries because he's going to be the main 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 guy there. We're going to talk about that. But Jarvis Landry, um, no man, that's that that to me that's a no brainer, no brainer. Um, all right, let's move on. We are talking about the Saints and the Cardinals. All right, let's get back to that. And um, here we go. Uh, oh, we're talking about the Cardinal side of the ball. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. I got Carson Palmer in a lot of my leagues. You know why? He's an afterthought to a lot of people, an afterthought to a lot of people. I talked about Carson Palmer last year. I'll talk about Carson Palmer again this year. Carson Palmer, in my opinion, in a lot of, and, and, and I can't, I don't have the statistics to bear this out, but just from the eye test, is one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. Okay? Given time. One of the di- best deep ball throwers in the NFL. Larry Fitzgerald had his best statistics when Carson Palmer was in the lineup. Now, I know John Brown spent time with Carson Palmer, and they wanted to get a better report. Now, and, and John Brown is an um, explosive player. Okay? So I expect John Brown, especially on this um, Saints defense, who lost their, their best their best um, uh, cornerback to injury, uh, and as bad as they were last year, their defense, I'm talking about, the Saints defense. So I think Carson Palmer is going through it for a couple. Uh, in my opinion, he's a, starting, he's a starting quarterback this week against a Saints defense playing at home in a home opener. There is no way that if you have Carson Palmer, unless you've got Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, or somebody like that, that you let Carson Palmer sit on your bench. You put him in the lineup at home against a very poor Saint defense and let him do his thing with Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown. Now, Michael Floyd is supposed to be coming back from fractured, fractured fingers in one of his hands to play, but who knows how effective he's going to be. And he really didn't have 
a great rapport with Carson Palmer when he was even healthy last year. That was with John Brown and with Larry Fitzgerald. So a wide receiver two, flex position, I would put both of these guys in, John Brown and Larry Fitzgerald. Believe it or not, especially against the same defense, without a shadow of a doubt. Andre Ellington should be able to run very well. Um, I see a possibility he could get 100 yards in this. Um, um, possibility he could get 100 yards in this because of how bad this thing de- – they're better against the run than they are against the pass. I'll tell you that right now. And um, But they can be run on. The same defense can be run on. So what I'm saying is this. John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald are definite flexes if you don't have any better options. Uh, I would even say John Brown, uh, uh, I would say Larry Fitzgerald, is a, it, it can be a wide receiver two, low low wide receiver two, uh, high wide receiver three in this matchup. Um, that's what I'm thinking. All right. Next 4 o'clock game we want to go to is a, another very good matchup. This just some very good matchups here. Um, um, if you if you're if you're very um, if you watch a lot of games and you're really into the NFL, watching these games are going to be exciting because there's some good matchups here. And we're we're talking about the Lions versus the Chargers, uh, going from the Detroit, going to San Diego to play the San Diego Chargers at home at four o'clock. Uh, the temperature is going to be ideal. Quite naturally, is in Southern California. Uh, Philip Rivers is going up against a um, uh, um, and Dominic Sue less uh, defense, but they're still stout. And, and uh, um, don't discount this defense because Dominic Sue's not there. Um, Lions last year were eleven and five, but were four and four and four on the road. The Chargers only had a nine and seven record last year. And five and three at home. Um, quite naturally, the coaching staff um, of both teams are still intact from last year. Uh, Reggie Bush is no longer with the uh, um, Detroit Lions. They've picked up a rookie and Amir, Amir Abdullah, who people are raving about, um, and uh, uh, deservedly so. So we'll talk about that side of the ball first. Now, some people are down on Matt Stafford and think this is a bad matchup. He threw for over 4,200 yards last year, 22 touchdowns. Um, which was down from the, the previous year, which he threw for uh, 40, over 4,600 yards and 29 touchdowns. But then, now they have a uh, dynamic back, uh, um, Amir Abdullah coming out of the backfield along with Joy Bell, who's a hammer. Now they have a healthy uh, Calvin Johnson, and they know more about Golden Tate, who came over to the um, Detroit Lions and um, played his butt off when Calvin Johnson was hurt. Uh, Some people have been down on Calvin Johnson. I think he still is a a viable option in here. He's 30 years old now, but I I still think he's going to be a, a force. You got Calvin Johnson in your lineup, you definitely play him. You got Golden Tate, you definitely play him. Um, um, but I'm liking this Amir Abdullah. Um, 
You know what? I, I, I would take a, I would take a flyer on him in a flex position. I know you're gambling here. I know this is the first week, but you're gambling here. But I think they want to get this kid involved in the offense. Um, I know that they have Joyke Bell. He's coming off uh, a, a few injuries, um, and I think an ankle and knee injury. So, I, and I think he 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 uh, needs to be um, um, uh, uh, eased into into the game plan, uh, eased into um, regular work. So, I think they they want to see what this Amir Abdullah can do. So I think he's going to be the man. I think he gets in the end zone. He, he, he's a good, in my opinion, in my opinion, he's a good flex play. Absolutely a good flex play in here. Um, I do like Golden Tate uh, and Calvin Johnson. I think uh, Matt Stafford has a comfort level with Golden Tate now that he's not afraid to throw to him, and, and I would definitely use him. Um, uh, in the past, the um, San Diego Chargers have been weak against the tight end. Um, they Line spent a first-round pick last year uh, in Eric Ebron. Um, he was a major disappointment last year, and, and uh, he remains to see remains to be seen what's he going to do this year. On the other side of the ball, they got a rookie. Uh, I'm talking about San Diego had the rookie in Melvin Gordon that they uh, have high hopes for. Hadn't shown that much in preseason, uh, and. Uh, um, and they got him and let Ryan Matthews go. And uh, I, I think uh, Danny Woodhead and Melvin Gordon are going to be a a uh, um, deadly combination. Danny Woodhead's the, the catching part of that um, um, running back position. Um, but he's a Wisconsin running back going up against a very good run defense in the Detroit Lions. That equals that That equals to show me first. Um, I know a lot of people are high on Melvin Gordon. Uh, they told me he's a re- Jamal Charles like. Haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in the preseason. Um, I think he's, he's dancing too much and thinking too much. Maybe later in the season, but first thing out of the shoot, um, the closest I would get him to play, be playing with him would be in the flex position. Uh, and, and then, in, that, in my opinion, you're taking it more of a chance. Um, uh, I'm not too. I have to wait and see on Melvin Gordon to see if he's legit or is he going to be typical of what a Wisconsin running back uh, produces. Um, the guys I really like in here are uh, Keenan Allen. I think he make, bounces back and a sleeper. A lot of people have been talking about this guy. Uh, he's coming back. Uh, he's coming from uh, San Francisco where he wasn't used that much uh, and he, he, he wasn't used right. Stevie Johnson, you don't have Antonio Gates. Ladarius Green is coming off a off a concussion protocol, supposedly practice, but I wouldn't trust Ladarius Green in my tight end position at all. So the two options I see in the uh, Philip Rivers and his uh, um, options in passing would be Keenan Allen, Stevie Johnson. And I think both of those guys get into the end zone. And Philip Rivers throwing for about 250 yards, a couple touchdowns. All right, let's move on to the next 4 o'clock game. We got uh, six games and a few minutes to go. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next game at 4 o'clock. Two Heisman, the last two Heisman Trophy winners, 
the first and second pick of the 2015 draft. We got Jameis Winston, famous Jameis, against the Magic Man and Marcus Mariota. Tennessee Titans go to Tampa Bay to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What a game. Two bad teams wanting to rebound and drafted quarterbacks first and second to help save their teams from where they from where they uh, oblivion I should say. Let me put it that way. Um let's see if we got uh, some some <coughs> excuse me. Some in some inactives. Let's let's scroll down here and see if we have what we have here. Now, Mike Evans was dealing with a hamstring. We know that, and it's more than likely that he won't play. Let's see if uh, um, if if any, if any indication, because that's a four o'clock game, and um, the injury report may not be in on that. Hold on. In the game time decision, and uh, early indications are that he will try to play. That means if you have Mike Evans, um, <coughs> I would be looking for if it's a game time decision. I would be looking for um, a alternative, and hopefully you have an alternative in the four o'clock games. So that means you can wait to see if Mike Evans is going to play. But I wouldn't if he's a game time to a game time decision, and that he would he will try playing today, and he's dealing with a hamstring. That means hamstring to me means hands off, plain and simple, hands off hamstring. Um, and if he's not fully enough healed, that it, 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 it can go past a game time decision. So with that being said, I think Marcus Mariota gets into the end zone, running the football. I think he runs it for about 50 yards. I think that's one of the things he's going to, he, he does and he does well. I think he throws for another one, low two hundreds. I see him throwing for, um, he's not a starter. Maybe in two quarterback league, you can put him in as your second quarterback, but not um, as your QB one in a single quarterback uh, roster. No way. I don't like Bishop Sankey. Don't like Harry Douglas. Don't like Dorio Green um, Green Beckham. Um, but I do like Kendall Wright a lot, and I do like Delaney Walker. I've always said the best friend of a young quarterback is the tight end. Safe throw right in the middle of the throw for the most part. You, line of sight is right there. You don't really have to take a lot of chances to throw the f- football to a, a tight end. And Delaney Walker um, is one of those um, reliable tight ends. Um, 63 catches and 890 yards and four touchdowns last year. So I would say we go to that. And then also, like I said, to Kendall Wright, who is the primary receiver and uh, the accuracy of uh, Mar- Marcus Mariota, who likes to throw safe passes and, and, and is probably the most accurate right now between the two quarterbacks. I'm talking about Jameis Winston and Mar- Marcus Mariota, that uh, um, <clears throat> he'll be throwing to Kendall Wright. And I see Kendall Wright getting into the end zone with about five catches since he's the primary receiver. Uh, and, um, 60 to 70 um, yards, somewhere around there. So he would have a a, a decent day in Kendall Wright. Um, 
on the other side of the ball, let's talk about the the options that Jameis has. I don't think he throws for a touchdown. I think they're going to try to run the football a lot, protect Jamie Winston. <clears throat> um, um, I do think he'll throw for about 240 yards and maybe a possible toss to uh, Vincent Jackson, who I think is probably going to be the primary target with Mike Evans out. Now, Lewis Murphy, if Mike Evans doesn't play or play that often or well, Lewis Murphy will be the other option that um, uh, will be in there. And to me, he's not a play. He, he There's no way I, I would take a chance on putting Lewis Murphy in there and looking to get decent points from him. Um, Vincent Jackson, yes. Uh, Austin, Severi- Austin Severian Jenkins, uh, I see him. I'll say it again. Young quarterback, tight end combination, um, safe play, safe safe toss, five catches, 40 to 50 yards, somewhere around there. He's a good play if uh, you have a, a tight end position that's uh, missing uh, um, Darius Green or um, whoever else. Uh, Doug Martin. Um, I think he's a pretty good play here because Tennessee's not that good against the run. And and, um, I know Doug Martin is in the best shape of his life. I know he lost some weight and uh, is is running like he ran back and supposedly running like he ran back in his rookie year. Um, So I'm looking for Doug Martin to to carry the load for the most part in this offense, uh, running close to 100 yards and getting into the end zone, uh, running the football. All right, let's move on to the next game, which happens to be the uh, Bengals visiting the uh, Oakland Raiders and the new improved Raiders who have a trio that I really am enamored with in uh, Omari Cooper, Derek Carr, and Latavius Murray, who I'm predicting is going to break out this year uh, against a – not that bad against uh, not that bad um, uh, um, Bengal offense, but the Oakland Raiders are playing at home. The Oakland Raiders, this is their home opener. The Oakland Raiders, Raiders have high expectations. The Bengals, five and three road mark last year. Um, and question marks on their quarterback. I'd have to say there's question marks on the quarterback. I see him throwing for a little over 200 yards. I don't think he's, he's a starting quarterback. I, uh, well, in reality, he's a starting quarterback. He's not a starting quarterback for me in fantasy football. And uh, I think this is Hugh Jackson's offense. I've talked about it before. I talked about it last year. Jeremy Hill was a beast last year when he got the starting role when I talked about it. Now he's moving all into the into – the, um, He's the man. Uh, Giovanni Bernard is the backup. Hugh Jackson loves to run the football. Hugh Jackson likes one guy running the football, and Jeremy Hill fills, fits that bill. Run the football. Jeremy Hill, in this against this Raider uh, defense, 100, over 100 yards, gets into the end zone. Um, I see Marvin Jones and Tyler Eifert getting into the end zone, not Marvin Jones. I see Marvin Jones getting double digits maybe 13, 12 or 13 points, but I see him getting into the, uh, uh, not getting into the end zone. Um, on the other side of the ball, I like, I love Latavius Murphy. I think they can run against this team. Um, I think they can definitely run against this guy. 
Uh, he's got four four speed. Um, he averaged uh, eight, five, five over five yards a carry. Um, and uh, when, when he got the chance, he was the man. So you play Latavius Murray, especially in a running back two, uh, definitely in the flex position. Um, but if you have Jarvis Landry, like this is my previous caller, there's no way I put Latavius Murray in the flex. But I, I have him in, in my flex right now because of the strong strong uh, um, uh, running backs I have. He's in my flex. Um, but uh, the man I want to talk about here, first game, I, I, I see him uh, being the primary target. Uh, he's been a rave uh, with the uh, Oakland Raiders, and people have been raving about him. I'm talking about Amari Cooper, who's a hell of a route runner. He's still a rookie as a wide receiver, but I see him um, possibly being beyond his years. Uh, Football-wise, he's going to be exposed first time to the NFL. And uh, we're going to be going into overtime for a short time. I got uh, a few more games to go through, and then uh, we'll be uh, out of here. So stay with me. Uh, we are um, Mari Cooper. I see him getting into the end zone against this uh, um Cincinnati defense. Um, I think they give the Cincinnati Bengals all they can handle in this game. All they can handle in this game. I, I, like I said, I don't pick winners. I'm just picking that they're going to give all they can handle. I like this trio of Crabtree, excuse me, of um, Carr, Cooper, and Murray. I really like this. And then they add Michael Crabtree, which is a seasoned veteran, into this mix, along with Macau. Rivera, who is a sleeper, in my opinion, in the tight end position, who I think can get into the end zone. They like throwing to him at the end zone. I think he can get into the end zone against this um, uh, Bengal uh, defense. Um, my sleeper on the um, Raiders side of the ball is Michael Crabtree. Uh, my sleeper on the Cincy side of the ball is Marvin Jones. Like Marvin Jones a lot in this um, unsung hero. Um, back from an injury he had last year, and I think he, he he's a, a, um, a very good wide receiver, and uh, the, all the attention is going to be on A.J. Green. I think Andy Dalton is going to have to uh, – use an alternative and it'll be Tyler Eifert and also uh, Marvin Jones. All right, let's move on to the next game, which would be the Ravens at the Broncos. Peyton Manning um, going up against uh, um, the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, you got Peyton Manning, you got to play him. Plain and simple. You got to play him. I'm not a big Peyton Manning fan. Uh, I think he's declining, uh, but I think he, because of who he is and Gary and Gary Kubiak, I think uh, you got to play him. He's got a lot of weapons, running back and wide receivers. I think he throws for th- close to 300 yards and uh, a couple touchdowns. C.J. C. Anderson against his defense, I think he's not going to run for too much yardage. Um, but I think he gets into the end zone because the way this offense can move the ball and get inside inside the red zone and be uh, be like that. I think Emmanuel Sanders, excuse me, Emmanuel Sanders, and Demarius Thomas both get reception touchdowns in this quite naturally. Um, but there's no other 
Well, that, that I named you four fantasy relevant uh, players: Peyton Manning, C.J. Anderson, um, Emmanuel Sanders, and uh, Demarius Thomas. But this is a Gary Kubiak offense, and they want to run the football first. Just remember that. On the other side of the ball, now I talked earlier about Tyrod Taylor. I have Joe Flacco as one of my um, quarterbacks that I had drafted. Um, I missed out on the quarterbacks because I waited, uh, and uh, Joe Flacco was one of the quarterbacks that I drafted. Well, I'm sitting Joe Flacco. Um, I, I think he throws for um, – 250 somewhere around there, but I only I think he only throws for one touchdown. He's going against up going up against his old old uh, offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak. And Joe Flacco is not the most reliable quarterback, especially on the road. So I can't play Joe Flacco. I'm looking for upside on my quarterback. Um, I'm projected to lose against my opponent this week in one of my leagues, who I got Taylor as my starting quarterback. Since that the case. With Joe Flacco, why not sit Joe Flacco, put Tyrod Taylor in there, and see what kind of upside I can get. I got nothing to lose if I'm projected to win, and I'm not too confident in Joe Flacco. So I take Joe Flacco, put him on the bench, put Tyrod Taylor in there, and see what happens. Um, I got a dual option in Tyrod Taylor, dual threat in in Tyrod Taylor, that he can run the football and he can also pass the ball. So I'm counting on him to doing it both against an Indy defense that's not that strong. Um, so, uh, and he's playing at home. So, he, the comfort level um, versus Joe Flacco on the road against Denver is more um, – uh, uh, I'm more comfortable with Tyrod Taylor at home uh, against Indy than Joe Flacco on the road against Denver. All right, Justin Forsett. Um, I see him – Mark Tressman. Uh, he may not do as much in, on, in the running game as he does in the passing game, but Mark Tressman gets his running backs involved in the passing game. And in this game, I see Justin Forsett getting six or seven catches for 40 to 50 yards by himself in that. And then whatever he gets in the running game, he's going to get double digits. He may even get close to 20 points in a PPR. Steve Smith, they're going to be all over Steve Smith. So how about this for a sleeper on the Baltimore side? How about Kamir Aiken? Kamir Aiken. I see him getting into the end zone. He's a home run threat. They don't have Brashard Perriman, who can't get healthy yet. So how about Kamir Aiken? You want to take a flyer on, on wide receiver three? There you go. Kamir Aiken, why not? If you don't have a better option... Put him in there. Put him in there. Look at the uh, look, or grab him off the waiver wire and see what happens. Because Brashard Perriman is not a lock to be a consistent wide receiver in this Baltimore offense. How about Kamir Aiken? All right, let's move on to the late game. In the uh, Sunday Night Football, which would be the uh, Dallas Cowboys hosting the New York Giants. Shootout. 
shootout. That's what I can say. It, it's going to be a shootout. Um, you got two offenses uh, going against two defenses that are questionable, especially in the, in the defensive backfield. Um, you got the Dallas Cowboys who are running by, and I'll talk to them about them first. Looks like uh, Joseph Randall is going to be the first one out of the gate, but there's no guarantee. They're doing a running back by committee, people. If I was you, I'd grab Christian Michael. Sooner or later, this kid is going to get a decent shot and they're going to realize that he's better talent than Joseph Randall, who's inconsistent. Better talent than Darren McFadden, who um, can't stay healthy. And who's very a better talent than a limited Lance Dunbar. So, um, I know that some of you have Joseph Randall. Some of you have Darren McFadden. You're probably going to play him. Good luck with that. Um, I wouldn't trust them to, at all. Who I do like in here is the wide receivers in Terrence Williams and definitely, come on, Des Bryant. I see Des Bryant getting a couple touchdowns off the Giants without a doubt. And Terrence Williams can burn that um, giant defense also. Tony Romo loved playing, playing, loved playing the Giants last season. He threw for 279 yards and three scores at home, playing now, and 275 yards and four touchdowns when they played in Giants Stadium. So there's no doubt in my mind that Tony Romo should have a very good day, and if you have Tony Romo and, and he's your main quarterback, you feel comfortable, sit back and watch the fireworks. Speaking of fireworks, let's walk on to the other side of the field and talk about Eli Manning versus the Dallas Cowboys. He threw for 248 yards in Dallas late last year, um, but scored three times both then and in the home meeting when he passed for 338 yards. So I expect Eli Manning to be able to pass the ball also. He's probably going to throw for 300 yards in that offense that they're running now. And uh, um, Odell Beckham is going to get involved, get his due. Um, Ruben Randall, quite naturally, Victor Cruz is hurt. Ruben Randall is no slouch, and I expect Ruben Randall to um, pick up the slack. He had a career year last year picking, uh, replacing Cruz, and he had 71 catches for just under – not a uh, thousand yards and uh, three touchdowns. So I expect him to expand off of that um, and uh, play well against the Dallas Cowboys who lost their best cover guy in Orlando Scandrick. So I saying this is going to be a shootout. It's going to be a battle between the two quarterbacks and not the running backs. And I, I see the wide receivers and the tight end and Larry Donnell getting into the end zone and racking up some fantasy points that you want. All right. Uh, I got two more to go here. Eagles and the Falcons, another shootout. Do I have to talk about this? Do I really have to talk about this one? I mean, the two quarterbacks are going to be racking up points. You got Chip Kelly and his offense against Matt Ryan and their offense. Um, You got Sam Bradford, who I think is going to throw for 260. He could throw for 300 yards in there. I think he'd go for a couple of touchdowns. Uh, DeMarco Murray, I think, 
against this Atlanta defense, who's absolutely horrible last year. Um, I know they have a defensive-minded coach um, this year, and um, um, but uh, it's going to take more than one season to fix that defense, and I think uh, um, DeMarco Murray and company are going to be able to run well against this. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is going to be a major part of this offense besides Jordan Matthews. So I think both these guys uh, are going to get at least 80 yards out of this game. Um, and I think both of them get into the end zone. I really believe Aguilar is going to score his first NFL regular season touchdown this year, this this week against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta in a dome, ideal conditions. And quite naturally, Jordan Matthews is number one receiver with Jeremy Macklin gone. I think he gets the uh, gets into the end zone also. On the other side of the ball, and Ryan Matthews is going to run the ball, but I think DeMarco Murray is going to be the man, okay? And with a little bit of sprinkle of Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles. But DeMarco Murray is the hammer. Trust me on that. Let's look on the other side of the ball with Matt Ryan, I'm sure, because of the way he he's going to have to play catch-up is going to throw for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, quite naturally, Julio Jones is going to benefit from that. Um, the Eagles are one of the worst teams uh, defending against the pass. Um, they got burned quite a bit uh, defending against the pass last year, and I, I see nothing different. Roddy White is supposed to, supposed to be supposedly playing, but Leonard Hankerson has taken over the Harry Douglas role, and I see him and Julio Jones getting into the uh, uh, end zone, and Roddy White playing a, uh, um, a secondary role. Um, Tevin Coleman is getting the start over Devontae Freeman, but I think both of them are going to be mixed in and may not be a um, really relevant because uh, the Eagles do play the defense, do, do play the run pretty well. So um, there are brighter days for Tevin Coleman, but not today. And last but not least, um, he's come back from a suspension, um, and he's, he's going on the road on Monday night. Adrian Peterson uh, again, and, and Minnesota Vikings go up against the uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers who have been decimated, decimated with key members on both sides of the ball. Uh, let's go to um, talk about the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings first. <clears throat> Adrian Peterson is going to get his 100 bills. He's going to get his 100 yards, and he's going to get into the end zone. I'm looking forward, or I'm looking to see how he gets integrated in the passing game. North Turner loves to get his running backs integrated in the passing game, and uh, in the past, Adrian Peterson has not been a guy that gets uh, a lot of touches in the passing game. But North Turner is the OC. He's the offensive coordinator. So i got to see how he uh, pushes uh, Adrian Peterson into the passing game. With that being said, um, he likes he likes the tight end, and I like the tight end too, Kyle Rudolph, as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, I think he's a good play in here. And I think he gets into the end zone with a couple um, – with about four catches, about 30, 40 yards, and a touchdown. And I do like Charles Johnson. Not Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace is probably going to get double digits, uh, and, and low, low 10, 11 points. I'm not a big Wallace fan at all. Never been. He's a one – one trick pony. Um, I do like Charles Johnson, who's a little bit more versatile. 
I think they both uh, get about the same amount, but I think uh, um, I like the the um, Minnesota Vikings uh, to be able to run the football a lot and, and uh, um, play conservative against the um, uh, San Francisco 49ers. On the other side of the ball, um, Torrey Smith is there, and I think he, he's going to be targeted by um, um, Colin Kaepernick, who supposedly um, got better mechanics, got a better perspective on how to play the uh, quarterback position. Um, I see him only throwing for about 230, 240 yards and, and maybe a touchdown. Um, it's a wait and see on this offense. Um, Vernon Davis needs to get more involved. I think he will. I think he catches about four or five balls. Uh, Minnesota is one of these teams that doesn't defend and, and historically doesn't defend a tight end position that well. And I think Vernon Davis can can exploit that. And uh, um, even though people think that – some people think that Vernon Davis's days – better days are gone, I don't think so. I think he just had a bad year last year, couldn't stay healthy, and just the, the quarterback play um, prevented him and most of the team from really doing anything. Uh, I think he makes a, a, a slight comeback here. I think he gets double digits, nothing spectacular uh, like in the past of Vernon Davis, but it's a work in progress because of, with a new coaching, new coach, or a coach that got promoted from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they're going to play conservative, try to try to run the ball with Carlos Hyde. Uh, I think he gets into the end zone running the football, and um, and An- Antoine Bolden does his usual thing. Okay, that wraps it up. For the first week in um, uh, the master plan in fantasy football, I hope you have a very good uh, um, weekend in all your fantasy teams. And uh, hopefully before the game start, which is about an hour from now, a little more than an hour from now, that you've made the, you made the necessary moves and, and put the, nec- the best players that you think can uh, give you the most points and get you that win for this week. Remember of the players that I said, run to the waiver wire and pick up if they're sitting there, um, and we'll see how it plays out. And with all that being said, um, strap up. We'll see you next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on another Sunday morning. We're out of here. Let's go. Ain't no room for hesitation up in here. It's time to leave it on the field because it's game time. It's time to make your hard work pay off. Make your mom and dad proud. Make your opponent pay the price. It's time to step up and get it done, son. You go hard or you go home. From the first whistle to the last. Bring it all day, every play. Because you know your boys are going to put on the line for you. They got your back, so you better have theirs. This is about the team. It's about pride. It's about who's the hungriest. So what's it going to be, man? You going to leave it on the field or you going to leave it inside? You going to leave it or something in your tank? Or you going to do what champions do? Leave nothing.